I was working at the media no. centre the day the um, decision came back. Oh, was you? Yeah, Melissa and Nikki was inside. They brought the letter out to me. So we just got this and showed me it. And I, I couldn't talk. I got a bit emotional. The letter was from Bristol City Council. I couldn't believe it. We'd submitted my house application last July and we're expecting to hear back in September. It's now February. I open the letter and I see... A big fat yes. We got our eyes a week later than it was. Was it? A week or two weeks, yeah. This is Tony. I was the first resident to sign up to We Can Make, but Tony signed up soon after, and our two homes were being built at the same time. The very first pilot homes. Which means Tony has been waiting for planning permission just as long as I have. How did you feel when we did, when they told you? I was really excited, and it felt like it was actually happening Yeah, now. yeah. It was just the weight I know what you mean the there. shoulders, yeah. yeah. I think that's the moment I thought it was really real. This is episode three, planning permission. We heard the news during lockdown, but when things lifted a bit, I went to meet Tony in her garden, which is just around the corner from where my house will be in Noel West. Well, I've lived there since I was obviously a baby, yeah. but then I moved to Kingsward for like six months. Into your own place? Yeah, and then I fell pregnant, and then I moved back to my mum's. Yeah. Now I'm living with my mum and dad. So how have you found over the winter, the last, the last few months, it's been quite cold and dark, and obviously you haven't been able to get outside too much. Has it been all right living in, in, with your mum and dad, or is it...? Bit of fiction, but it's all right. Yeah, yeah. Especially it, with man. Yeah. She like, she's always on the go, so it's yeah. kind of hard. Trying to touch my mum's ornaments and stuff. Yeah, quite. <laughs> so we're looking forward to getting some space of own to enjoy doing activities with just me. Yeah. Tony, like many people with young children, wants a bit of independence. But she also wants to stay close to her parents. They're helping her out with childcare. We Can Make is also particularly keen to help people with disabilities like Sam. And the mature, like me. Sometimes people just want to downsize and stay in the neighbourhood. Or they want to swap their extra space for more income or for lower bills. And yet, there are very few affordable solutions for these needs. People often face a long waiting list or complicated application processes. I'm kind of doing the council's job for them by building my own house, but I'm really, I'm glad of that. I'm glad I got that opportunity. It, really make, it makes a difference because it means I've got an input on everything about it. I, I can decide where the sockets go. I can decide the colour of the walls. I can decide the layout of the place. No, I'm really glad that the council are, are allowing us to do this. And to be honest, just to go through the council housing application process, um, I would find that quite stressful. Filling out forms and waiting and waiting for answers. Um, and it would probably take years and years because I'm, I would probably be classed as a low, a low urgency. So, yeah, I'm really, really pleased I've been given this opportunity. One of the most important things we can make do is give us professional support throughout the whole process, especially when it comes to the planning application. Melissa like explains stuff to me because I didn't get it like straight on. Yeah, yeah. But because Melissa's doing it like face to face and she fill forms yeah, like, yeah. with me, I feel so much relief. No, I know exactly what you mean. There is a lot of technical stuff involved, isn't yeah. it? And it does get it, too much. Yeah, it's hard to take it all on. It's hard yeah. to remember it all. I think you know, for our two homes that we just put in, they were kind of you know, twenty, thirty, forty documents, you know, supporting that. Here's Melissa again, project lead that we can make. Every single aspect of 
what you're building is put in there. So how's the energy going to work? Uh, what building materials is it going to be made of? What are the views from all the different neighbours from all around it? What's the transport connections? How does the, uh, the new home fit into its environment and the context that it's sitting in? What's the design like? And then you also have to put in a statement of how you've talked to and involved the local community as well and what their response is as well. To that end, we put the drawings of Mining Tony's house on the council website and people were able to comment on them. Did you go on the planning application website? And yeah, I kept looking every day. Did you see some of the comments that people were making and stuff? Yeah. And how did that make you feel? Good, because everyone was agreeing with it. Yeah, yeah, same. I have one negative comment. One of the neighbours was concerned about the wildlife in the garden yeah. being disturbed when we do the building work, and I thought that was quite a nice yeah. negative comment. <laughs> I, I was actually on her side, to be honest. The person who made the comment was concerned about the slow worms and the hedgehogs living at the back of the garden. So we can make updated the drawings to make sure the bushes at the back would remain untouched. At least then, the hedgehogs and slayworms could go about their business in peace. What we find with media sale is everything's transparent and yeah. they tell you everything. It's sometimes even the bad things. I mean, I've had a couple of knockbacks on mine, yeah, like so. leaving the roof, roof guard. What? Like I mentioned in the last episode, once our planning applications were in, we found out that neither of us yeah, could have a roof garden. But it wasn't kept for me. I was told yeah. straight away and I was told the reasoning behind yeah, it. Yeah, me too. It's like say they tell yeah. us. Even with this little issue, the planning permission decision was still delayed for six months. I get it that it was lockdown, but what else was holding Bristol City Council up? There is going to be a fence. They're coming right, roughly to where you were stood, Mike. And I invited Mike Rogers, their urban design officer, to the site of my new home to find out. So that would be my garden, and in that garden, we're looking at having a possible herb garden, and somewhere around this area, a chicken coop. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I work as part of the City Council's City Design Group, so it's, it's mainly sort of describe our role as being the Council's design conscience a bit, so we make sure we're getting, not just getting numbers, we're actually getting good quality homes and places. Yeah, yeah. But from your perspective, uh, Mike, you know, with, the, with the planning, we put planning in last year in July, and it's because it's such a, a, a quirky idea, there's been quite a few things along the way which has held up the planning. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. If I'm honest, to start with, I just went into planning head mode and thought this could be difficult because yeah. our planning policy document, for those who don't know, is called the Bristol Local Plan. And there is a policy in there which generally is against building in gardens. Yeah, and yeah. that's for a number of reasons. You know, it's the loss of green space and permeable surface. But it, it, it's also because you like to have houses like these that back-to-back. So having a front onto a back is generally a bit of a no-no because you can physically secure people's premises by having back gardens together. So it's good for privacy, it's good for security, it's good for safety. You know, if, if God forbid, you had kids and they managed to get out, they're not out onto a road and that sort of thing, they're into someone else's garden. The other reason is, we call it garden grabbing, opportunistic yeah. garden grabbing. So somebody might think, oh, I've got a massive garden, I'll flog half of it off to this local builder I know, he'll stick up a house yeah. and flog it for £650,000. <laughs> so yeah. if somebody gets planning consent and then someone else comes in and we say no, then the risk is that they'll go to appeal. So understandably, the planning officers were nervous. The other issue, of course, with this is about the space standard issue because we, we did have a sort of no. default requirement for any one-bed property to be 50 square metres, which is for, for two um. people. My house is only 43 square metres, but it's just for one person, me. 
The national space standard for one person is 37 square metres. So honestly, I'm rolling in room. But again, the planning officer would need to be satisfied and would have been that it will remain for one person because it wouldn't be suitable for two people to live there permanently or or more. Yeah, because it will be looked at. It's under the microscope, isn't it? It's going to be looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can make... How do they answer your concern? My job and my colleague, Imen, is to work with we can make to actually find a way through. Yeah. Because what we didn't want to do is is think well, there's a lot of political support within the council for this. Even if the planners recommend refusal, it will get approved at committee. Yeah. I think what's sold it to me is the we can make project and other colleagues within the council had to provide a lot of information to planning officers to justify not only is it a social house now, but it will be in what we call perpetuity, yeah. so into the future. It's clear that the council's main concern was that We Can Make would never become commercial. So when they gave Mining Tony's Homes planning permission, they set certain conditions for future homes. Here's Melissa again, telling us what they are. The homes have to be community-owned, community-led and affordable forever. So this means that only community-led housing groups can do this type of back garden development. And it means that the house and the home that are developed go into a community land trust and then are forever there for the benefit of the community. So this is really important in planning terms because it sets the right kind of precedent. This precedent will make it easier to make more homes at a later date. And as it turns out, more houses in Noah West, if done correctly, would benefit everybody. Areas like this are quite low density, so bus service is less frequent, if at all, or has to be subsidised. You have to walk quite a long way to the local shops and facilities. Yeah, yeah. And the default tends to be just hopping your car if you drive, you know, yeah, yeah. or if you can afford a car. These areas really are planned around the car, to my mind. Yeah, yeah my main concern is transport at the moment. I'm sat in traffic on the Bath Road, I'm sat in traffic on the Weld Road, I'm sat in traffic in Kellington Road. I'm looking now at uh, town planners for an answer to the public transport system, I think, at the moment, because we're addressing the housing system. Yeah. Our next big thing is going to be the transport yeah, system. Yeah, well, I, th- I think the... I mean, what we try and do is better integrate land use and transport planning. Yeah. So I think what we try and do is look at the density. If you can start getting more density in there, then you can start supporting more public transport. Your friends, suddenly within walking distance, you can get to the shops within five, ten minutes. Because, yeah, those things get smaller, don't they? Yeah, you get, it's the compact city yeah. sort of idea. So I think we're, when we're developing areas like this, we are generally trying to think of development that relates well to public transport routes, cycle infrastructure. And, yeah, even at this level, you know, homes and gardens, it is, it is all about that, trying to make yeah. the area more sustainable. We like the term urban acupuncture <laughs> because it is all around these little kind of like pinpricks. Yeah. And you, if you put them in in the right place then you're doing good there, yeah. but then it also begins to have an impact on the next scale up. So, in, you know, in acupuncture, it's all about kind of curing the body, isn't it? But we think if you kind of like get these kind of pinpricks of little we-can-make homes kind of scattered across the neighbourhood, then you can begin to get, you know, neighbourhood scale kind of yeah. benefits as well. And then, you know, the next level up from that is kind of like, you know, city or planet level. But if you get that kind of acupuncture rights and the kind of little kind of leverage points right then you can really kind of make a difference yeah which is why making sure we don't arm any worms or hedgehogs when making my house is so important they're a sign of a healthy and balanced ecosystem at the moment Noel west it's kind of almost barren of only trees hmm. um it's got about two percent tree coverage which is really kind of low and biodiversity is really poor 
but if we put our weekend make homes in and we also as each part of each home we also redo the gardens the front gardens and the back gardens become much richer in biodiversity then it can rebuild that network at the neighborhood level so these are only small little things yeah. we're doing it is acupuncture but they can if you design them in the right way they can have a benefit on the next scale up and it builds up and it builds up and builds up yeah. and then you've got you know whole system change but it means that each little part is working really hard on that and luckily for us, Mike agrees. I just think it's such a great initiative because you know it's very clear, just discussing it with yourselves, that there's clear social benefits, but there's also environmental and economic yeah. benefits. The fact is, it's giving local people new skills, it's creating jobs, supply chain, keeping the money in the local economy. Yeah. You know what's not to like? It's... Building communities, isn't it? We're building a community. That's 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 the important bit. It's so nice to hear Mike Rogers' support and enthusiasm. But a few months later, there's still an obstacle in our way. So um, it's now, what is it, it's middle of May, towards <laughs> the end of May. It's probably a year since the plan application went in. Yep. So uh, we're still waiting. So Hi. exactly where are we? Bristol City Council, they've said yes to the pilot and getting these two homes away, but uh, they want to check with the Secretary of State that the land transfer is kind of completely fine and it won't ever be challenged by anyone. Here's Melissa again explaining it to me. The particular Secretary of State she's talking about, MP Robert Jenrick, is in charge of the Department of Leveling Up Housing and Communities. It's scary, but ultimately it's a really, really good thing if they say yes. This is on a national level, so our little kind of community experiment then has the potential to really kind of scale that mm. you know every community like Noel West could do something like this. It's hard. It's so hard when you're the first. It's incredible, isn't it? There's nothing for us to re- reference, is there? Yeah. There's nothing for us to But, you know, at. this is what innovation looks like. Mm. You know, we're inventing a whole new way to kind of communities get their hands on land. Yeah. This is the hard graft of, like, you know, weaving away through spotting opportunity mm. in the legal kind of way and getting people to change their minds and say yes yeah. to things when, you know, the culture is not necessarily there to help make these things happen. <laughs> but once we want it, we bloody want it. <laughs> It does always feel like like whether we've cramped up and we're at the top of the roller coaster, aren't we? Yeah. And like, just come on, it's just come on, good, just go. So we can finally start getting our hands dirty. So that should be over there. Following the instructions, that's right. It needs to be on the right. Left, left, on the left. You've done everything right. No, I have. This is a No Bite News production, supported by Noel West Media Centre, Nationwide and the Audio Content Plan. It was produced by Eloise Stevens and Tatiana Powell. Executive produced by Stephen Rajam and presented by me, John Bennett.